blessed today to have Marg Boyer here to uh, share the word with us. Many of you have gotten to know Marg. Uh, she uh, is a former pastor of Casagar Christian Fellowship, and we're just blessed to have her a part of this community now. And she's going to come share with us. So, Marg. About having someone else preach is I actually get to sit with my wife. So. Oh, that's nice. Good morning. It's a privilege to be able to share with you, and uh, um, I just love the way everybody was sharing their hearts. Oh my goodness, this is a house of uh, compassion. This is a house of comfort, isn't it? Like, like people are real and, and they. They bring the comfort and the compassion of God. And uh, that heals everything. That heals every connection. That's, you know, we get, we get broken in life and we have a lot of loss and a lot of disappointments. But um, it's the body together that heals together. So I just, I just, I'm thankful to be here just for that, just to take part in that. So um, I'm just going to pray. And uh, I'm going to kind of try and wing it. I'm going to try and change things up here because I'm a person that comes too prepared. So <laughs> I'm going to try and do some deleting here. But Father, we're so thankful that you're our daddy. And here we are, your children, called by your name. Oh, thank you, Jesus, that your name's above every name. Welcome you, Holy Spirit, to come now, to flood our spirit, flood our hearts, come in your power, anoint the word, word of God, speak, just have your way, we come, we thank you, Father, let everybody hear what you are speaking to them individually, we thank you that you speak to our hearts, we just give you all the glory in Jesus' name. God is good to speak to our hearts, isn't he? Uh, we've been I'm pretty excited about this series. I got excited uh, the first day that it started, this, uh, that Jess is bought. I was ex experiencing a deeper relationship with God. Did you notice almost every song was about hearing God? And you're singing it. So then that's the want to and the desire of your heart. You're singing the very thing God wants. He goes, oh, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. That's a landing place for him because you're calling out. I have to hear your voice. We can't have a, I can't have a relationship with my husband without hearing his voice. I have to hear his voice every day. Then we can go long periods without talking and being in each other's presence. But every day I need to hear from my husband. I don't need to hear once a year he loves me. I need that, that what this house is, that, that comfort of being loved and, and even the hugs that I see everybody give in this place. So... The voice of God is the frequency of life. So when you hear God, life comes. You are activated. There's something in you that comes alive. And so in this place of, uh, of hearing God, it's because you were born, you were created for relationship. You were created to hear God. You were created um, not just to worship at God. Your heart, your worship and all those songs opens your heart to God. My heart's open. I am the worship. It's, it's not even the song. You are the song. And so it's, it's all about connection. I heard the word connection over Michael. Connection is so important. Be attached. We're attached to God's heart. We're attached to one another because we're the body of Christ. 
So that's what we were created for, because we were born of our Father. We're born of His Spirit. We're born of Heaven. We're all the, we're all the same family. We all have the same Father, even though we all think radically different. We all believe radically different, and that's what I really loved about being in this house is because Jesse has really brought that to the front, showing like this is like four different ways people can think. And are you still part of the body of Christ, even though we all think differently? Are you still going to be attached, or are you going to disconnect? Are you going to get disappointed because someone thinks differently than you? And it's, it's so freed me up. It's, so, it's made me so free. And so um, Ephesians 5 says that we're members of his body. So we're one bride. We're one body, and we are the bride. And, and hearing God is all about intimacy. It's all about communion. Because that's what communion is. Communion just isn't having a drink of wine and bread. Communion is he's the bread and wine. He, want, he says, oh, I long to do it with you in the new covenant. I long to do it with you new. I want to give you the bread of life. I want to give, I am the bread of life, but I'm going to speak to you a living word. You're going to come alive every day just because of that communication. And so the voice of God is the frequency of life. So I'm learning how to use a PowerPoint, please. <laughs> I'm learning something new. So in the series... Um, Jesse's been talking about uh, Lectio Divina, and that's hearing God through scripture. And we've all, all been hearing God, and there's, I've, I've loved walking through the house and hearing the testimonies of how people are hearing God. We heard people share. Everything they shared was truth, wasn't it? Everything they shared was God pointing out something that's life and something that's truth in the scriptures. And sometimes when God does that, he can totally change your mind on how you see the scriptures. Because we can view the scriptures through our own judgment. We can view the scriptures, what we've been taught, how we've been taught. And, but we can't, it's, it, if we do that, if we just read the word, it's just going to be a dead word. It has to be anointed. It has to be Holy Spirit speaking through the scriptures to us. And then that, that word and spirit becomes life to us. And so that's, that's what we're doing. So the, the testimonies is, I heard a lot of people say, this is so practical. And I said even to Jess, where was this when I got saved? Like, seriously, like, this is so practical. And I've heard people talking about hearing God when they're walking in nature. I've heard about people hearing God when they're driving. I've, I've, we all celebrated the artwork of Caroline, and we all saw something different. And that's what the scriptures do, too. Those, the, they, in Hebrew, or the, the Jewish thought was that every scripture can be interpreted 70 different ways. And 70 just means all the nations all the time. 70 is is all the nations. And so you, everybody can actually read a scripture and you could think, well, I, I don't get that from that. I don't see that. It's because the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. It's very personal. And so um, it's just about like worship. It's just posturing your heart, keeping your heart open and just saying, Holy Spirit, you're the teacher. Holy Spirit's the teacher in the room today. Thank yeah. you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, you're the one that opens up the eyes of our understanding. You're the one that brings the spirit of revelation and wisdom because everybody needs something different, right? It's, and it's so personal. And so, um, get a clicker. <laughs> so, I am going to get used to it. Um, one of the things that we did was uh, scripture in Luke 10, 38, 42. What word or phrase gets your attention? What word or phrase is God highlighting in your spirit? And how is this word speaking into my life today? And God, what are you asking me to do or something to become? The word will always tell you who you are, right? 
the word will always reveal who God is and who you are. And so um, it was interesting the day that we had this scripture up here in the prayer room, um, people were getting, uh, it's all about the spirit, they're talking about the spirit of revelation and it was going to be a click and it was going to be quick. So it's not awesome that we can go from believing a lie or being in doubt and unbelief or being in the darkness and it's just the light bulb goes on and you're like, truth comes and life comes and you think totally different. God's changed your mind. And changing your mind is everything because then you're not conformed to the world. You're not conformed to the spirit of the world. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that could be just the light bulb going on. And where you were in darkness, now you're in light. When you look at the world, you're not going to see darkness. You're going to see light because God's light. He looks through eyes of light. If you're, if you're fretting and worried and crying about the world and you, it gets you into the bondage of doubt and unbelief, let it go and say, God, you see the world through light. You see the end from the beginning. I have to see that. Open up my eyes to see it. Or you'll get into so much fear. You'll get you'll just worry, 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 and your and your prayers will be worry, right? So God sees sees through His eyes in our natural reality. So it was interesting too on the same day um, that there was a prophetic word up here, and it was about distraction and focus. And this whole scripture was about distraction. Like, what are you worried about? What do you got your attention on? What are you focused on? I was like, so I think God, whenever we're looking at the scriptures, wants to remove our distractions, remove our natural attention, because our natural attention is what we see, hear, know naturally. But our spiritual attention is heavenly, right? And so it comes in this listening to God. <clears throat> okay, click. <laughs> I will get used to this. So I just want to ask you, I'm going to go through these, but... <clears throat> Sometimes our circumstances or our situations speak to us, don't they? And they can actually be pretty noisy. They can cause a lot of fear. They can speak louder than God. They can actually determine our focus. We, we had our attention. It divides our mind, right? Divides our heart. We're looking at God in one minute, and then we're looking at all the stuff in the other minute. And one's going to be greater. So I just want you to pause for a minute. And ask the Lord, what circumstance or situation gets my attention? Whether it's today or in the season. What circumstance or situation, what have I been focusing on that's been my attention? Just stop and ask Holy Spirit, because Holy Spirit's here. Holy Spirit's speaking. or truth is God highlighting in my spirit? Let's ask him that now because there's going to be a word or a truth that he's going to be speaking into what you see naturally, your natural circumstance, your natural situation. It's got all your focus, your attention. But he wants to speak a word of truth into that. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you to shine your light and send your truth. What word of truth are you, Papa, highlighting in my spirit today?
how is this truth speaking into my life today? How is it changing my mind and changing what I see from natural to spiritual, from heaven to earth? change anybody's mind? Does anybody want to share? Have you changed your mind? You changed your focus? You see something differently? You see it through his eyes? strength that you have can be your weakness. So, But it's good. It's a good strength. Because what we see through heaven's eyes will change everything in front of us. What we see in our circumstances, our situations, through heaven's eyes, through God's eyes, through the eyes of light and eyes of love, through eyes of eternal, eternal life, put a kingdom mentality will change everything. It'll change the natural into the super. The supernatural will come into your situation. God always speaks to bring revelation to open your eyes. It's something you haven't seen about him or yourself or your situation. So it's, it's to bring revelation. Just be. Just be. I'm with you. Just be. It's to bring revelation. And the revelation transforms you, doesn't it? Changes your mind. And it's the water of God's word that washes you. I, I, like we, we desire God to speak to us. You know, we just can't read the word. Because if we read the word, we search the scriptures, you know, to have knowledge but you don't know me eternal life is knowing me have you heard me we can know all the scriptures we can recite them forwards and backwards but God's saying I want you to know me because I really like you I enjoy being with you I enjoy your day I want you to hear my heart I want to hear your heart that's that's what it's all about right it's about being in a joyful relationship it's heart to heart spirit to spirit and when he speaks it so changes everything because he edifies you. He builds you up. He reconciles you into his love in a deeper place. And that's what we do when we pray together. Did the prayers that were here, were they not edifying? Were they not encouraging? Did they not build up? This is the same, this is the same with God because that's God's heart. And so the truth makes us free. So whatever situation that you're in, whatever circumstance has surrounded you, that's what a circumstance is, God wants the truth to make you free. So he wants you to hear his heart and that you are, you are walking forward. He's got it. Quite often God says to me, I've got it. Or he says to me, you've got it. Or he says to me, we've got it. And it's like, I want this great big long answer. And he gives me like little words. And so 
God makes you free. When he speaks, the truth makes you free. It makes you a different person, right? It causes you to become. You, have, you are a son of God. You are the seed of Christ. And you, you are becoming. We're growing. We're always changing. We're all, always morphing into a different age, a different season. We're becoming full of, of God. And so, um, oh, click. Okay. Um, I don't know if I'm going to stop on that one, but God just dropped, like when Jesse was uh, talking about hearing God and all the different spiritual pathways and the different pathways, I really suggest you go back and watch those videos. They're very good and they're very practical and giving you peace. Um, sometimes God, it says the word of the Lord came to whoever it was 106 times. And so sometimes we're not asking God questions. We're not in prayer. And sometimes he just drops something into your spirit. And usually he does that because he wants you, he wants you to come into the secret place, to go up the mountain and find out whatever does that mean. You know, I'm fair, and I'm like, like you know, like I'm, I'm like, I, I stood there for a moment because I was just doing my housework, and I was like, okay, and like, what are you going to tell me about that? God's saying that he's fair is the statement he dropped in, and I, I, my first thought was. He redeems, he reconciles, he restores. He was the innocent for the guilty. Sometimes fairness, we wouldn't want to be that, would we? He's like, he, he became guilty. He was guilty for the innocent. That's not fair. I mean, who in this room would want to be guilty for the innocent? You know, he became guilty for us. He called us innocent, and he called himself guilty. And so sometimes life's not fair, and... Um, God, I asked, God said to me, he asked me a question after that. He said, I'm fair. And he said to me, what do most people say? And the first thought that came to me was, life's not fair. Because we, there's a lot of trials and tribulations. There's a lot of loss. There's a lot of heartache, isn't there? Like there, everybody's story in here, every, part of every person's story, there would be some loss. There would be some broken pieces. There would be broken heartedness. There'd be something of your story, but God's saying, I'm fair, because I'm fair to redeem that. I'm fair to restore. I'm fair to recover all for you. But if we live in life is unfair, he can't give us those things. If we live in the uh, disappointments of life, who said life was fair, get over it. Life's not fair, never was, never will be. We can't stand in that place. That's a receiving place. That's a belief. God showed me a a, a line in the ground and he said on one side's unfair and the other side was I'm not fair life's unfair and where we stand we receive because where we stand we believe and so your life might have been full of a lot of disappointments do you know when God gave this to me I didn't know that I was standing in a place of disappointment it was hidden he brought it to the light he made it manifest he made it light because he wanted to heal my heart he wants to give and if I'm standing in life's unfair, look at all the disappointing things that have happened to me. I can't be on the side of God's fair. I'm fair. He he's gave his son. He's going to give me all everything, right? And so um, just stand in the exit. Because life is unfair. Has You can get over it in your own strength, in your own willpower. But God doesn't want you to get over life. He wants to give you life. He doesn't want you to passively endure disappointments and losses. He wants to give you life so that it's it's you're not trying to just your own strength endure or passively endure. 
He doesn't want your self-strength. He wants to give, 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 give. And so the greater reality is God saying, I am fair. And so standing there, I didn't know that I had a lot of my focus was disappointment. Disappointment relationships, disappointment was happened to me, disappointment in the church, disappointment with family. You know, you can be disappointed in your teenagers. You can be disappointed in yourself. But God's not looking at that, right? And I think this is what God wants us. Oops, there I go. One too many. Disappointment. Everybody's life has it. It's a sadness or a displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations of a person, event, or thing that causes <laughs> disappointment. And it's fail it could be failure, it, it has a heavy-heartedness, you lose heart, right? It's disillusionment. And And you feel sad about your choices. You feel sad about the failures. We can be disappointed in God because we're waiting on God for answered prayer. There's a delay. And, and disappointment is always where you lose hope. It's, it's always disappointment. It go, is, goes hand in hand with hopelessness. And so we can be disappointed in others. I just want to share um, <laughs> why I have disappointment as an illusion there. Because... Um, there's a season where God told me that my that the, a door was going to close and a door was going to open and, and he gave me a big, huge heads up and he told me what was coming and I was so prepared. I was so at peace. I knew God was in it. I felt really good about it. And my daughter sends me this word and um, it was really a correcting word. It was really strong. I was like, wow, I'm being admonished by God here. It was, it was like, watch what you say. Watch what you think. Because it's going to determine your next season. Because what we, what we end with, we will take into our new. If we don't resolve it, if we end in disappointment, we will take it to our new season. Whether that's a relationship, whether that's in a, in a family, whether that's in the church. You can walk into a new church and you think, wow, this is great. This is everything. This is wonderful. And God will go, okay. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, if, if you didn't resolve any disappointment in the last season, God wants to heal it in this season, right? So we have to let, let it come to the light. And she's told me, she said, um, my daughter told me, you can't let people you trust let you down. And yet God told me about this whole thing that was gonna happen. And he gave me so much reassurance. But I didn't think about people. I didn't think about a relationship, a trust that would let me down. Look at, look at that. It says, this is what disappointment is. Have you ever been let down by anybody? You put your trust in them? You ever had a failure in a relationship? You know, and this is what God said to me after my daughter talked to me. Disappointment's an illusion. Because God's all about relationship. God's all about attachment. God's all about connection with him, right? And there's a flow in our relationships. There's a flow in this house. If you hear it in the worship, you hear it in the prophetic words, you hear it from the pulpit, there's a, there's a flow of connection and attachment. But if you're disappointed in the worship, if you're disappointed in what the pastor's preaching, if you're disappointed of anybody in this house, it kind of severs that. It's a disappointment is uh, in the Ezekiel, in the Valley of Dry Bones. 
And dry bones means disappointment. <coughs> That's all dry bones means. Your bones get kind of dry, right? And so there was a season here where I was, I was in a relationship with somebody and um, their beliefs were totally different than mine. And they're telling me everything and we're so polar apart. And I'm looking at this person and I'm like, man, I thought we were on the same page. Like, what's this? I was just like, okay. And then I'm like, God, you want me to have a relationship with this person? We don't even think alike at all. But you know what Jesse's been bringing? It doesn't, it's not about what every one of us believe. Because uh, because Christianity is not about a belief system. It's about a relationship. Yes. And so your beliefs will, well, will and can destroy relationships, that attachment, the friendships, everything. People, because of beliefs, people will walk away from friendship. They'll walk away from being attached. You've got to say to yourself, I'm not going to let that happen to me. I'm not going to let disappointment do that to me. You're not responsible for other people, but you are responsible for not being disappointed in them. And so um, I was, I had this other person speaking these weird things, and I, and I was like, God, help me. And uh, I said, God, you've got to give me your heart. I don't, ha I don't have your heart for this person because all I can see is what they're saying is disappointing me. I, I don't have your heart for this person. And so we were meeting again, and I was listening to this person again, and before they even opened up their mouth, God said, I've got this. And it, the conversation was absolutely even worse. But you know what? All I had was love for this person. That's all I had. That's all I had was love. And that's supernatural. That is, that you can't do love. You, you, can't, you can't work at love. It's not a performance that you can't do love. It was so supernatural, I actually sat there and thought, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> but, but, because this should offend me. This should, because the first time it hurt my heart, and it was I was grieved at what they were saying. Because we didn't have the same belief system. And Holy Spirit showed me, you were grieved and your heart hurt was because you were disappointed in that person. It had nothing to do with what they were saying. I thought my heart hurt. I thought I was grieved by what they were saying because it was wrong, you know? Like, I had some information, though. There's a tree of knowledge of right and wrong and good and evil. And I had some good information. I had some good knowledge. That's wrong. That's wrong, you know? But my heart hurt because God said, don't look at that. Eat from the tree of life. Love this person. It set me free. I was like, I waited this long to get to that place when I always tell people that it's about love. I'm like, God, you're so good. So I really believe that um, what God's doing with disappointments is he's healing relationships, he's healing that attached place. Uh, if people want, people can always just nicely, quietly slip away from relationships. Um, sometimes they do, Christians tend to do that more than vocalizing, because people want, like, you have to believe what I believe. No, it's, it's not that at all. It's, a, it's the unity of the spirit. It's the unity of the bond of love, right? And so... Um, Comfort. You know, I had this before we even knew what happened this week. Because I really believe this is a house of comfort. There's just no doubt about it. This house of comfort won't let the attachment go. It won't let the connection go. It won't let the bond go. I love you. I'm going to walk with you through this. You know, I don't, God said to me, I don't want my people to live in disappointment. I give my people permission to be sad. Well, disappointment sadness. What do you mean by that, Lord? Because he wants to heal sadness. He wants to sit with you. He wants to heal your sadness and not leave it there. Because it will turn to be disappointment. You'll be disappointed in God. 
with your losses, with the trauma, the abuse, whatever, whatever has come into your life, right? And so comfort is warrant. I saw a huge long hug today. Full bless is my heart. He heals the broken heart. I love you. I don't have to understand what you're going through. I can't change you, but I love you. What changes everything? Change is supernatural. You don't have to fix anybody. Just comfort them. And so this is a house of comfort. And he's the God of all comfort. We heard it. And it's it's and comfort sometimes is hearing something for someone, hearing a word of God. God speak into this. You have a word of you have something that's gonna give them hope again. That they're gonna rise up. That they're gonna live for you again. This is not gonna take them out. And so God says, I give you permission to be sad because he wants to comfort you. If you never allow God to comfort you whenever you've been sad and great loss or trauma or abuse, this is the season. This is the season because, because God is comforting hearts. And you've got to give people in this comfort the freedom to share their story. Even if it's a broken place from long ago, that they should have been over now, but all of a sudden God's bringing it to the light. He's just, okay, because he knew you were ready now. It's not that he knew that this is the time. This is the time for me to heal your heart. And sometimes people don't even know how to express their story. It's a, it's a story that, that we have of brokenness. And God says, bring it to the light. Because when you bring something to the light, you're acknowledging it's there. Even if you're with a few people, bring it to the light. Acknowledge it. Because that's what makes you free. Bring your losses to the light. Bring your losses to the light. God, this hurts so much. Feel my heart. I need you. We sang it today. I need you. I need you. More than anything, I need you. And I really believe that what God is doing in this season is he is, um, thank you, my mouth's so dry. <laughs> um, I really believe that what God's doing in this season is the comfort of his breast. He's the many-breasted one, right? And it's actually always going back to that place of, relationship with God to let him heal your heart and sometimes it's just resting on his breast we can hear his heart rhythm we can hear his heart it's a place of comfort it's a place that that he um, heals you know if you hide your sadness or you hide your trauma you hide your loss and you like I'm going to endure this I'm going to get over this and you just use the scriptures and you fling them out there that wound is, might still be there God doesn't want you to endure in your own strength. He wants you just to surrender. I give up my strength. I let it go. I let go trying to run forward when this thing is dragging me backwards. I just want to surrender. So God cares. And that's where when you rest your head on his chest, that's a place like, like a baby goes to. And it's safe. And he's affectionate. There's a smile in his eyes like a baby looks up and sees the light in mama's eyes, you look to God and you see that he's happy with you and that you're okay, that this is a safe place. This is a safe place of affection and acceptance and belonging. So many people in the body of Christ don't feel they belong. They feel like they're alone. They need to go back to the mother's breast, the many-breasted one, the feminine heart of God. See, we go on to the father's identity. But the Father's identity has no place to land if we haven't gone to the breast for comfort. 
because we're so focused on identity, we just, re identity, identity, I absolutely believe yeah. that. But where did it first begin? Yeah, then there gets healed. It began on the mother's breast. So Lord, heal that place in me. Heal that place of bonding. You can never feel alone if you put your head on his chest. You can never feel abandoned. And so I believe God's doing that even in his church. He's hearing, healing the places where people feel abandoned and alone. He's healing that attachment place as we listen to each other's hearts. And he's given us permission to be sad, but he doesn't want you to live there. But he acknowledges your grieving because you're precious. Honor your heart to grieve your, your losses. And so he's not disappointed with you. Um, he's the God of hope. And so that's what he wants to be in every loss, in every disappointment. What, what do you think is missing and lacking in your life? What did you, what was your attention, your focus on today? Was it something missing, something lacking, something not that, that's not good? Um, God wants you to go through the process of, of healing. And, you know, this is where the breast does. When you go to God, his happiness is getting your pop up. Because you took your brokenness. You took who you are. God's not looking at your flaws. He's not looking at your weaknesses. He's not looking at where you need to change. Being with him will change you. Just listening to his voice, he will change you. It's not you trying good behavior. It's not you trying to change yourself. That won't work. That's putting on... Good work, good works of perfection. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look good. You know, it's better just to, to bring the stuff, right? And so, um, I really believe that this, this good news is I will never leave you or abandon you. God's resting in your life. Don't strive to find rest. Jesus said, come unto me in Matthew. But he said that because they didn't know the one who is rest. He went to heaven and now he's in our hearts. When Jesus has come from heaven, he's going to heaven and he's in heaven. So he's here in our hearts. So come unto Jesus. Get a revelation. He's resting first. God's resting in my life. I don't have to strive for rest. God rests in my life. And so, you know, even when I was putting this all together, um, we're, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Never separated from the love of Daddy. So, you know, when I was putting this together and I was thinking about the mother's breast and I was thinking about it's such a satisfied place, right? It's such a content place. It's such a nourishing place. It's such a place where he nourishes us. Just listen to his voice and hearing his heartbeat. And when I was doing this, I actually did a, a volunteer day at Castlewoods. And I was sitting, I was invited for lunch, and I was sitting at this table with three other women. And um, I'm in my 60s, and they were probably all in their 80s. And one woman kept saying, que sera, sera, whatever may be, may be. The future's not ours to see. And I was like, oh, that's hopelessness. <laughs> God has a hope. God has a plan. God's plan, the word plan means thoughts for good, for a future, for a hope. And I was like, so I kept trying to encourage her and build her up. And so we were all talking, kind of heard who had children and how old they were and everything like that. 
And it's funny, I finally I realized I'm putting all my attention on this one woman, and I turned to this other woman, and she was eating, and when she was eating, she wasn't going, mmm, she was cooing. She was cooing like a baby. Like, you know when babies breastfeed? They coo. And I was like, I'm like, okay, God, you're speaking to me. I know you are. And she was so lost in being satisfied and content and happy in eating a salad that we were oblivious to her. She, we were not a distraction. She wasn't even aware of us. What if we can have that in relationship with God? That wherever we are, we're not distracted because we're so content and we're so satisfied. We're so happy with his presence. And so on the Sunday I came here, and guess what happened on the Sunday? This isn't people going, mmm. This is people cooing like a dove. There was a child behind me playing with their toys. I didn't look to see if it was a boy or a girl. I didn't look to see who the parents were. But it sounded like building blocks. It sounded like they were trying to connect building blocks. And the child was cooing. I'm like, okay, God, you're really speaking. Cooing. Well, what if this is the season that all God wants us to do is be on his breast? be nurtured and satisfied, to be safe, to be protected, that he hears our cries. You know, God hears our cries. The mother, you know, if we endure with our own strength, we don't really know if God hears our cry because we endured all the hard times. We endured all the trauma, all the abuse. But God just wants us to be in that place where, where we can actually coo. And um, uh, it's funny, when I was putting this together, um, you know, God's always speaking to me about happiness being the inside job. Well, of course it is. He's happy with me. And if happiness is being his papa, and our father's in Christ, and Christ is in me, I should be happy with me and be happy with people around me. And so um, when I was doing this, I was just kind of led to, um, I don't know if you know the movie Frozen that came out in 2013. Your kids probably drove you nuts, let it go. They probably, they probably had it on hundred times a day, you're probably like, turn it off. And uh, in that same year that, that Frozen was on, the story's all about let it go. Because we need to let go of the disappointments. We need to let go of what we're holding on that's not light. We need to let go of doubt and unbelief. We need to let go of the abuse and the trauma and the loss. It's a process. Some, people, some things you can do immediately. And some things you have to process because you need your heart comforted. You need a healing. There's a wound there. God doesn't say, let it go. I don't care about your heart. God loves your heart. He cares about your heart. He wants to honor your heart. And so um, the same year that came out, Pharrell Williams' song came out happy. Isn't that interesting? Let it go. What's the result of letting it go? You're happy. You're satisfied. You're content. Life's good. God's good. It's awesome to be alive. You enter the church with joy. I'm happy to be alive. I'm content. And so it's a thankful heart, right? Regardless of circumstances and situations. And it's being present to be satisfied and be content in his love. And so do you know Frozen's coming out again? And I was like, oh, God, please. Please don't tell me there's things I have to let go. Well, obviously there is because he just showed me a few months back. So you know what? He's just going deeper. He's just going deeper. Don't be ashamed of what you need to let go. Don't be disappointed in yourself. Don't look at your flaws and your weaknesses. Okay, let it go. It's coming out again. Frozen's coming out again. 
But you know what? I'm going to choose to run faster to happy and be happy in you. So if I'm happy in you, the things that I need to let go will just go because there's a divine exchange. God gives and he takes away. He gives his character, his nature, his power, authority. He gives his name. He gives every good and perfect gift. And that makes everything else go. He doesn't take away. He gives first. He's a giver. He gave you his son. He freely gives you all things. That's a great exchange. Don't start, don't try to battle anything, any emotions or feelings. Don't try to battle them. Just receive his truth and everything else will just go. Happiness will just be the, the normal result. And so... I really believe that um, what God's saying in this, in this season is hope. And hope is in you. You are the seed of Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. There, see that brown stuff? There's some brown stuff around the seed where the seed is broken out, the shell there. You know what? We just bring, we brought some junk with us. And it's marred our image and our likeness. But that's not who we are. We're the living, green hope inside. We are who God says we are. We sang it today. That brown stuff might be, we sang this song. Every song was prophetic today, by the way, worship team. Every song was pro prophetic. Remind me once again who I am, because all I can see is the brown junk. Remind me, God. Speak the truth to me. Set me free. Because I need to know, because I need to know you. I need to know who I am. You lose heart when you believe what's what wrong with you, what's wrong with your family, what's wrong with God, what's wrong with the church. You lose hope. You, do, you make this exchange. You lose hope and you don't believe anymore. You go into unbelief. You have to see the goodness of the Lord to you and in you and through you and everybody around you. See the goodness of God. Hope does not disappoint because God pours his love into our hearts. So if I've lost hope, God, I let you love me in this situation. I had to let him love me for the other person I was disappointed in. Because otherwise, I would have just hid the disappointment. The other person would have never known. But I wouldn't grow anymore. That, that little green thing would just stay like that. It would just stay small, right? It wouldn't have the heart of God. So he pours his love into our hearts. Let him love you through the Holy Spirit that he's given us. When I put this together, I was looking at the screen, and it was blank. And I was thinking of Caroline, who looks at a white, white canvas. And she goes, she just sits there. She doesn't have a scripture in mind, nothing that God's ever said to her. She just waits there to flow. And so you don't even know what you're gonna, what your artwork's gonna look like. You don't know what's gonna, the canvas is gonna end up looking like because it's just letting Holy Spirit do it. And so I looked at my black screen when I was putting this word together. And it was all black. And I was like, boy, that's how people see the world. They just see darkness. And sometimes Christians do too. They see all the loss and the trauma and the, everything bad that's happened. And all of a sudden this little white dot came from in the middle of the of the screen I said what's that he said that's hope that's hope this is all you need is a little light just your little light Christ in you is the hope of glory there's a light in you it can't go out doesn't matter if that is a flickering wick if it looks like feels like your light's going out I can guarantee you your light has not gone out God has never left you he's right beside you it's just one thought turning his direction it's just one glance and that little light starts to come into a flame, right? And so hope will not let you go. You know, you can look at all kinds of Old Testament scriptures. Don't let hope go. Well, hope won't let you go. So I always said to God, don't let me leave you or forsake you. Because I know he'll never leave me or forsake me. So every time my thoughts forsake him, or my, I'm looking a different way, or my attention, my situations, 
I'm, I'm always like, don't let me leave you or forsake you. Help me to focus on you. And God's saying, God's saying to his people right now, I want to rewrite people's history. Because he can do that. Do you know he can go back to every place called then of loss and trauma and disappointment? And he can speak a truth to you that will rewrite your history. Amen. That will make you free. Amen. And that's what he's doing now. Your past does not define you. God defines you. We sang it, right? I'm loved when I can't feel a thing. I'm strong. I'm strong even when I'm weak. Weakness doesn't define you. Sin does not define you. God gives strength. It's his gift. Everything is a gift. I'm yours when I know I don't belong. Wow, what if we just, as the body of Christ, knew that we belong? So then everywhere we went, I belong. Instead of wondering, am I going to fit in? Am I going to fit in? What if you get a knowing in your knower? I belong. It's not anybody's response to me. It's not what anybody's doing or not doing. I belong. Because I belong to God. So whether or not someone can accept you or not, that's not your issue. God accepts you. So we, so we sing these songs. I want to know that I know that I belong to you. And so I believe what you say of me. The only thing that matters today is what God thinks of me. I find my worth and I find my destiny. We sing it, right? You have my every failure. So he's got your past, your present, your future. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's not worried about what has happened. He's, today he's looking for a new day. So, you know, this is how I pray. Hope will not leave me go. Let me go. And so hope is all about thriving and growing. We're, we're at the center of water. Holy Spirit's in this place. So at the center of water, there's hope for a tree. Trees speak of generations. There's hope for your generations. There's hope for your family. It's not what you see naturally. You will lose hope if you focus on your children or any family member or any church. You will lose hope if you focus on what you see, hear, and know naturally. It will take you into the pit of hopelessness. So hope will not let you go. And God wants you, hope causes you to thrive and flourish and to overthrow with overflow with hope because he's, he's the God of hope. And he, and he fills you with joy and peace and believing. You know how you know you have hope? You have joy and peace. You can rejoice. I couldn't rejoice in that person with a different belief. My heart hurt. My heart was grieved because it was my issue, not their issue. But I couldn't rejoice in them. I couldn't celebrate them. If you ever can't celebrate somebody or rejoice in them, say, okay, God, I've got an issue. Here's my heart. Help me to love them. When I pray, I say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, I condemn. No weapon of disappointment, no weapon of separation, no weapon that would cause me to separate from the body of Christ or any relationship. It shall not prosper. Why? Because Christ prospers in me. So if there is a weapon that tries to separate me or divide me or take me into hopeless, hopelessness, ha, huh, it's too late. Christ prospers in me. Because the weapon cannot prosper. What weapons have been formed against you? They cannot prosper. So great, they've been thrown at me. Prospers Christ in me. Prospers his character, his nature, his power, his way, his authority. Prospers the name of God. So let whatever weapons come against you prosper Christ in you. Say, ha, too late, enemy. Oh, you want me to prosper in Christ? You want me to grow in Christ? And so these are the strongholds that are coming down, right? And so it's Christ in you, your hope of glory. Have I? 
So this is, you know, I had this on the computer and Dan walked uh, by it. He said, oh, there's no shortcuts. <laughs> and I was like, I get a totally different message for that picture. And he gets, there's no shortcuts. And I'm like, okay, God, there's no shortcuts. You know, um, this is like the trade track is like, that's like a river of grace. Um, grace has boundaries. It's, you know, and I, and I see like, we have the opportunity to get on board with God, to be all in, to live no matter what's happened to our life. I'm in. You never give up on me. It's not whether I give up. My thoughts give up all the time. I, I do dumb things. Like I came from a, a, a background of, of um, my, my first introduction to God was two weeks after I got, went into a church. There was a, a ministry from um, Central America and they were deliverance ministry. And I waited until everybody left the church and then I went up to them and said, I, I need prayer for my mind. I didn't even know why. I just said, I, you know, I didn't know the specific reason. And I thought, well, she's not going to know why. And she said to me, she said, oh, generational mental illness, schizophrenia? And I said, no. And so she laid her hands on my head and she prayed for me. And when she prayed for me, I literally heard an explosion between two mountain ranges. It was like a cannon went off. It was so loud, I screamed. And I grabbed her hands, and then I realized, oh, I better not stop her. I let it go, and I saw her take it and throw it away. And later on, I found out that that was God healing the mental illness that came down two bloodlines that kept me perpetually sad and living in disappointment. The, because on one side of the family was schizophrenia, on the other side of the family was bipolar. One in three people will suffer from mental illness. It is not the end of your life. You can find hope. hope. There is hope, there is happiness, and there is joy. Do not settle. Do not settle. They settled in the wilderness for disappointment. And in this season, let me tell you what God's doing. He's bringing everything that we allow to settle to the light. Just like when Jesse prayed about unforgiveness in June, I had a dream about two people before I went to bed, came here, and it was about unforgiveness. I was like, okay, I get it. It was about resentment in my heart. Never knew it was there. God just brought it to the light. But when he preached on that unforgiveness, did you watch the weeks afterwards what happened in the Christian world? There was a lot of unforgiveness. And so God's saying you can't take any shortcuts. Let what he wants to bring to the light be brought to the light. Acknowledge it so he can heal it. Change your mind. God is waiting on you. God always tells me when I pray for people and I, or I want things to change, God always says to me, I'm waiting on you. I'm like, I'm praying through what I see wrong. And he goes, I'm waiting on you. I'm like, okay, I get it. Start praying what you're praying. And let, this track, I really believe, is, is a track of the journey of our lives. Those tie, those things, those wood things across are ties. But as you go forward, you're going to cut the ties with the past. Any strings that hold you to the past, any loss or disappointment, just keep going forward. You're going to break through them because God's gone before you. So whatever ties you to loss or trauma, God's, you just keep going forward. And that's from the place of the breast. And so just arise and shine. God wants us to arise and shine. That's all he wants. Know who you are. Arise in your brokenness. Arise and shine for the glory of the Lord is upon you. Deep darkness covers the earth. It does not cover you. Those that sit in darkness will come to the light. They will come to you because you have hope. You are hope. Those that are in the world have no hope. But we have hope. So we have to recognize when we let disappointment settle. 
Disappointment in, in the person, the other person. Disappointment in someone in the family. So God says he's overcome all that. We're overcomers because he first overcame. And God's just saying, get aboard, get all in. It's life. It's true. He, go broken. Just go forth broken. Let your light shine. I think broken people shine the best. I really do. I think light shines out of their heart because they like, no, I'm going to love people. I'm, I'm going to take care of people. I'm going to believe in people. It's like, it's not about my brokenness. You're not going to stop me. This is not going to hold me back. So I just want to bless every person in this place to keep going down. And every footstep you take, you're going to break, break the ties of what was because your past does not define you. Even if there was loss or trauma or abuse, disappointments. It doesn't define you. Just keep going forward. So I'm just going to pray a little prayer there. Thank you, Father, that we shine bright with your glory, that you've adorned us with your glory, that's from the inside out, and that your glory is your goodness. Oh, you're just such a good Father. And that we're going to know your goodness in every place called Ben, in every place today. Expect with hope, your a confident expectation of your hope for the future future, because your plans are good. Your plans are good. They're awesome. They're for our welfare. They're for our, our safety. They're your thoughts, and we thank you for them in advance. Thank you. This is a hearing house. We put our head on your breast, and any place that we need to go back there, we go back there, and we allow you to comfort us, because you're the God of all comfort. And thank you, Lord, with the comfort that we've been comforted, we will comfort Thank you, thank you.